podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by TourTips.com, the online golf betting resource. TourTips subscriptions for 2021 have been reduced by up to 50%. Their email service is now a free subscription. For all the best in-depth stats and information, visit tour-tips.com, the online golf betting resource. Welcome to the home of the best golf betting tips. All the best bets for the upcoming tournaments, all from experts and all in one place. From the home of the Bet Bites podcast, this is Bet Bites Golf with Dave Tyndall and James Butler. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It is the Golf Betting Podcast. It is the Ryder Cup Betting Podcast. We're here with you ahead of the Ryder Cup 2020 stroke 2021. And we're also back between the days as we find out who lifts that famous little gold trophy. We've just seen the opening ceremony, the endless speeches. And now we finally know the foursomes that are going to start us off on day number one. I'm James Butler and joining me to talk about all things Ryder Cup and to give out the very best bets for day one and beyond. It's Dave Tyndall. Dave, how are you? Yes, good, thank you. I'm still awake after the opening ceremony. I quite liked it. It's not funny, isn't it, really? Because it's kind of borders on ridiculous I, I liked the American presenter who didn't actually know how to pronounce any of the American team's names, which no. I thought was a bit bizarre. Um, it's under Schuff for Filet or something. Well, I can't remember. anyway. That uh, the, the foursomes that they've um, they've put together for day one. We'll come to that in just a second. They are quite tantalising. Um, I did like the uh, Padre Carrington line on the little VT. Once you've uh, once you've held it meaning the Ryder Cup, you never want to let it go. Some quite emotional scenes, Steve Stricker's tears when he mentioned his family. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, it's all very gushy, isn't it, the American side of things, But uh, and the bit, uh, woo, and whoop, and holler. But uh, we're getting towards day number one, which starts, I mean, we're recording this basically near midnight, um, ahead of day number one tomorrow. But those foursome pairings, Dave, um, particularly that first one, they are fantastic. I mean, that first one, Ram and Garcia, the two Spaniards against the two American mates, Thomas and Spieth. That's a decent way to kick us off, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll quickly read out the, um, the the draw. So we've got Ram and Garcia against Thomas and Spieth in top match. That goes out at 1.05 p.m. UK time. Then we've got Casey and Hovland, bit of an age gap against Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa uh, at 13.21. So there's 16-minute gaps between these two times. Then we've so got I, the... I'm, I'm torn on that one. My mate Colin, he's playing for the opposition. Oh, no. What, what do you do? Um, yeah, 16-minute gap. So the next one after that is the all-English duo of Lee Westwood and Matt Fitzpatrick at 13.37 against the Floridian pair of Brooks Kepka and Daniel Berger. And then in the final match at 13.53, Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter against Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schaffelet. And the, the foursomes, that's where it's one ball, they take it in turns, isn't it? That's the one, yes. And uh, yeah, I've been sort of had a quick scan. I mean, literally these have just been announced, but I was looking at the uh, the foursomes results from past Ryder Cups on American soil. I think it's quite important to kind of split the kind of home advantage when looking at, at previous Ryder Cups because 
I think that's the best form guy. So I'd looking back at 2016 to see how the morning foursomes went. And looking back at 2012 and 2008, it's not good news for Europe because last time, 2016, Europe uh, was were swept. They lost 4-0. They lost all four matches on the morning foursomes in 2016. 2012, it was 2-2, but bit better. 2008, when America did go on to win the Ryder Cup, they also won the morning foursomes 3-1. It's uh, it's a, a tough session for Europe here, and they won't want to lose too much ground. Well, the prices, I'll give out some of the prices then ahead of uh, day one. For the foursomes themselves, 11-8 to 8 USA, Europe are about 11 to 5 and 3 to 1 for the tie um, for the uh, morning foursomes. Um, obviously, the four balls don't get announced until after that, uh, or towards the end of that uh, first um, foursomes finishing. Um, the Ryder Cup in general, USA 1 to 2 to uh, lift the trophy. Europe are 13 to 5. The draw, 12 to 1. I've done a, a few kind of uh, written previews and chats, and, and my opinion hasn't changed. It's, it's going to be a USA win, I think. Um, but I'm never going to be backing them at, at that price. At, what did you say? One to two? Was that one to, what, yeah, one to yeah. two. Um, I mean, there's so many markets on this, Dave. I mean, I'm going to just throw it over to you. Where are you going to take me first for the best bet here? Yeah, so um, my I think probably my best bet at the Ryder Cup, to be honest, is uh, the market where you can back a certain team to lead after day one, two and three. So if you pack America to lead after all those days, after day one, two, and three, that one to two gets you up to 15 to eight, two to one. And looking at these opening uh, foursomes, I definitely give the advantage to the Americans. So I think they can win this first day and then from there go on and win. So I think it's a much more palatable way of backing America, if you want to, obviously that is, then back, rather than backing them at one to two, you get nearly two to one that they lead after all three days and, Given their history of fast starts, especially on home soil, I think that would be the way to go. If they, if they do win the foursomes, it's going to be tough for, for Europe to, to fight back from there, isn't it? So if you're ahead at the end of day one, chances are that 15 to 8 lands. Absolutely, yeah. I think if they do, if they are in front after day one, I think they'll be hard to catch. So I think it's a nice way. And you, you quote the, the Ryder Cup day one foursomes winner. Just looking at yeah, there's quite a few bookies that have got that up now. Simply, I would I would bet the Americans are eleven to eight with Sky, but that seems a big old price to me. It does make sense, doesn't it? But I mean, particularly on those stats that you've just read out. I mean, if we go through those four matches, who, who do you fancy here? I mean, Ram Garcia against Thomas Spieth. Where are you going with that one? Yeah, so so my kind of initial takes that that not much going on scientifically beyond initial well gut feelings are normally based on what your head knows, but from what I can gather, Ram and Garcia, it's it's a bit forced. It's a bit, you're both Spaniards. They're, they're looking for that Alaf the Bell Ballesteros yeah, magic, are they? You must therefore play, but there's, there's plenty of rumours that they're not, they don't particularly get on. So you, you can see why they've been paired on one hand, but on another, I'm not so sure. Whereas Thomas and Spieth are an absolutely proven partnership. So And they're, they're tight mates, aren't they? They are tight, mate. So I'd absolutely, I'd give that one to Thomas and Spieth. They're, they're six to five. It's a pick 'em. Six to five, each or two. Eleven to two. The tie. This is bet three six five. But I'd go a point for the Americans in that in that top game. Casey and Hovland then against uh, Johnson and Morikawa, my mate, in the second match. That's maybe a little bit harder to call. I mean, it's, as you said, Casey getting on a bit. Hovland, the youngster, the Norwegian, the first Norwegian to play in the Ryder Cup. Do you give him a chance? 
Yeah, it's a tricky one, this one. I've not not particularly got a, a massively strong opinion. Could be halved, maybe. I've got an idea of the scoreline I want to back, but when you're breaking down the individual games, this is one where I'm not as sure as the other one. So uh, even the half would be possible there. I mean, basically, overall, I think the USA will win the session 3-1. That's okay. my, my bet. Well, we're, we're one and a half half so far after the first two matches. Yeah. Then Westwood Fitzpatrick against Kopker and Berger. Probably, I just to kind of balance it up, so I, I get to my three-one scoreline. I'd probably give this as a half as well. Okay, and then that means that means that uh, you, you're looking at uh, Patrick Candley and uh, Xander Schaffele to take down McElroy and Poulter in the last one. Yeah, I, I think Candley and Schaffele. It, it, it's not so much a negative. McElroy and Poulter viewpoint. It's more that positive um, kind of reinforcement of how good I think Cantley and Shuffle will be. So I do like them. McElroy and Poulter, if, you, if you've been watching the kind of highlights on Sky, this week of Medina 2012, and you see Poulter's ridiculous five birdie finish, and that was in partnership with McElroy. But the last time those two uh, did pair up in a Ryder Cup for something, rather got hammered by Thomas and Spieth. So it's not quite a dream partnership that everybody wins. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, that was a long time ago, nine years, obviously. Um, I just think regardless, it's obviously that there's some history and there's some great stuff that they've done, McElroy and Poulter, but I just think Cantley and Shuffle will be one of the best teams on show this week. So I'd give that full point to the Americans. The other two middle games... I'm kind of seeing a point each. I don't know whether that'll be a win each or whether it'll be two halves. Overall, I would go for America to win the session at 11 to 8. I'd go for a 3 1 scoreline. Have you found any? I think, yeah, I found that. It's 7 to 2 across the board. Bet fair, Willie Mill, Skybet. USA 3 1 in that morning foursomes is 7 to 2. So that would be my pick. Is there, is there anything else that you want to get out off your chest ahead of day one of this? Yeah, what were they doing wearing tweed to an opening ceremony? Apparently it's herringbone. It's be- beige herringbone to go, go kind of to mix in with the Wisconsin air, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, they never do so well, do they? Some of the American outfits are, are dreadful. Uh, do your ties up, lads. Come on. <laughs> it was just, uh, I tweeted Chef. Stricker looked like he'd just been presenting Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> Scheffler looks like he's kind of about to spend his first week at a new American advertising company in the 60s. Bit nervy. Yeah, it was all, <laughs> all a bit I, fringy. I, I, I thought Patrick Canley as well. He was eating something. When they were standing up to take their applause, he was halfway through a pork pie or something. I don't know what he was eating, but he was chewing quite yeah. rapidly on it. Canley had the air of a kind of fairly young Harvard Professor, I say Matthew Fitzpatrick. It's funny how when you take the baseball caps off them, how different they look yeah. um, when, you, when you put them in civvies. Because Matt Fitzpatrick looks really young, doesn't he? <laughs> it's, just, it's like he sort of won a competition to to join the uh, the full team. Yeah, so, so it's always always some amusing lines from the uh, from the opening ceremony, um, and we've got the closing ceremony to come as well, which is even worse. I mean, you say you're back in USA, you're back in USA after day one, two and three. But the correct score market, Dave, if we just maybe finish the um, the preview on on that, there's a number of prices available, obviously, on this one. USA 
Correct score market. USA 15, 13 is 9 to 1. USA 14.5 to 13.5 is 10 to 1. USA 15.5 to 12.5 is 10 to 1. Europe 14.5 to 13.5 is 12 to 1. Um, I mean, there's every permutation available under the sun there at different prices. But what kind of final scoreline can you envisage here? It's quite interesting. I, I've, I've been writing an article today where I've been um, going through my old contacts book and, and asking some of the uh, American and UK journalists, golf writers, what they think. Um, so I got about 22 people, 22 answers. Quite interesting, the, the American writers, I mean, I only, poll, I only asked five, but of those five, two went for a tie, one went for a European win and just two for a narrow US win. So they seem a little bit more... It might be that idea that you're just a bit wary if it's your team. You know, we would in football. The tie, the tie is twelve to one. At yeah, 14, fourteen. So a couple of them went for the tie. Um, that included Rob Bolton of the PGA Tour. dot com. Um, of the European journalists, if there was about fifteen or sixteen, it was basically three quarters are going for Europe, okay. and often by heavy score lines. So it's it's like I don't know. It's like both. Writers are kind of expecting the worst almost of their own uh, teams, which was quite interesting. I'm definitely, I'm, I was one of the uh, those who think it's going to be a fairly convincing USA win. If, if you had to nail me to a scoreline, I'd go 16 12, which is 12 to 1 at Bet365 or Bet Victor. Okay, 16 USA 16 12. Yeah. You could play uh, half a point each way, uh, either side of that 16 and a half, 11 and a half. That's 14s. 15 and a half, 12 and a half, that's tens. But I think 16, 12 is kind of my sweet spot. Okay. I mean, the, the fan in me is just wanting Europe to win it. Yeah, and, that's the problem, uh, isn't it? Yeah. If you, I, I've kind of, my betting head is now sort of cheering America on. So I've got to kind of take, rein it in and stop it from dominating what my heart wants. I mean, it, it, just to the final point if Europe were to win, it yeah. would be one of the toughest jobs to pull off wouldn't it coming off a pandemic and delayed by a year with hardly any crowd to support you over there it's going to be very partisan if Europe were to win it that would be a famous victory wouldn't it well I think it'd be an incredible win and that's the problem I have with back in Europe <clears throat> excuse me in that I think it would be astonishing and yet the price kind of you know just over two to one you could find that in a random football match this weekend and and it wouldn't be such a big surprise like an away team just were quite good to win at a, an average home team you could find about two to one for, for what it represents i.e an incredible win I, I getting just north of two to one doesn't seem enough uh reward for being putting your neck on the line so there's there's, there's other ways isn't there i think to to, to get with Europe, I think. And obviously, you could look at those day one. I mean, you could look at those day one foursomes all day and you can you can see every outcome possible if you look hard enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go, Dave. I'm going to go for what it's yeah. worth. And, I, and listeners, take Dave's advice over mine every day of the, day, of the week. But I, I think Europe might just nick it. 14 and a half, 13 and a half to Andre <laughs> Carrington's men, 12 to 1. Yeah, well, they're certainly winning the... Um, the sartorial. Um, yeah. I don't think you get any. Don't think you get any points for that. Day, no. I'm afraid. Shame. I, I, I just say if Europe, if, if Europe are going to win it, it's either going to be the tie or something very narrow, isn't it? I, I think. Yeah. 
So uh, uh, that- the last tie was 1989. Um, so it could happen. We'll have to see. I mean, there's obviously all these announcements of of maybe um, being frustrating for some of people who pulled the trigger on top point score because, for example, there's no Shane Lowry playing on day one. Oh, sorry, in, in the in the morning. Bryson DeChambeau's not there. There's a few big names who aren't getting a, a go and probably till the afternoon. So You can see Bryson DeChambeau coming out in the afternoon when, when yeah. his ball isn't quite so key. Because if he's driving off the tee and he's, he's wayward, then when it's just the one ball, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, because four balls is... is it's a it's a pairing, but it's essentially a, a, an individual pursuit, isn't it? You, you're just scoring with your own ball. Yeah. I know you're kind of reacting maybe to where your partner's hit it, but I think DeChambeau will probably play both four balls, but I don't think he'll will, he'll see the foursomes. Not sure about Shane Lowry. Obviously, these are the preferred lineups. This is sort of plan A, isn't it, for both captains? If a couple of these parents take a bit of a shellacking on day one will will it be a different set of foursomes on day two that's that's where plan b and plan c and, and the captains will have all this worked out um but yeah my initial impression it's just got that sort of 3-1 america feel to it which is backed up by history well so the bets then for the ahead of day one usa to lead after days one two and three 15 to eight the uh, foursomes tomorrow morning, 11 to 8 for USA to win them. A 3 1 scoreline is 7 to 2. And uh, DT's opinion on the overall score in the Ryder Cup USA to win by 16 points to 12 is a 12 to 1 shot. For what it's worth, my bet, Europe to win 14.5 to 13.5 is again 12 to 1. That seems to be quite a common price, isn't it, on the, uh, the score lines? Um, at the uh, top end of the uh, the wish list anyway. But, uh, I mean, what what's great about the Ryder Cup, it, it's just special, isn't it? Because it is an individual sport, suddenly becomes a team sport, and all of a sudden you get that partisan nature, you get the rah-rah-rah from the Americans, the Europeans up against it, trying to battle off the uh, the home crowd, the captains, the, the, uh, the vice captains. It's just a, a special dynamic to this tournament. Yes, amazing. And, and there's already, you could already kind of, start to write why if you're at win you could all you could already start to write why they have because they've clearly charmed the crowd they've clearly made the better impression on social media they've done some clever stuff they, they've done all these sort of extra x-factor bits mm. even the patrick carrington um getting everybody to stand to, to clear to cheer the uh, the frontline workers through covid and stuff like that that was nice yeah he's just They've got so much right, so if that can translate into some th- something on the golf course, um, then you know the narrative is there, isn't it? Oh, Europe won because they got all the marginal gains right. But I just think the USA have got too much talent, and and they will prevail. But I've now got to sort of wrestle with that idea of I, I clearly want to be watching Europe winning, but there will be part of me now wanting my bets to win. This is the thing about gambling. You, you, you sometimes, uh, yeah, you, you sometimes care for what you wish for, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm much happier when it's you can just root for Europe at a price. But the, the kind of the, the big no no in Ryder Cup betting is to back the away team at odds on. You must never do that. that that's a terrible idea. And that was the that's what put me off America last time in Paris. Um, I think Europe were 13, 
you're at Worth 13 to 10, I think. Anyway, Europe with the outsiders. I can remember being at Ryder Cups and thinking, I will never, ever back the Americans again because they just don't get it as a team. But maybe that was after Tom Watson was a poor captain. It does seem, from what they're saying, everyone likes Steve Stricker. So I don't think there'll be this kind of revelation at the end where the, the kind of was with Tom Watson that nobody liked him or thought he was a terrible captain. I don't think they'll be saying that about Stricker at the end. So... I'm fairly comfortable in in that, that he will be a good captain for this team. He won't get in their way, maybe like Tom Watson did. So if if all is fair and equal and the weather's not too crazy, I just think they've got too much talent, the Americans. I think we've got two good captains actually this time around, and yeah. with Stricker and Harrington, because Harrington's yeah. a good guy as well, isn't he? So uh, I think on the on the fate, on the on sort of personalities and what have you, we've got some good blokes, and we should uh, be expecting some fantastic entertainment. I think over the uh, next three days, as I said, Dave, we're going to be uh, coming back after day one and after day two, in between the uh, I was going to say rounds, but in between the the days action, um, and uh, see if we can pick up some good bets in play as well, or or in tournament. Yeah, well, obviously we spent like God knows how long guessing what's going to happen and going around the house. It's it's a long wait, isn't it, until that first tee shot? Mm. I mean, here we are Thursday night and still nothing has happened, and yet it seems we've just been watching build up galore. So obviously it'd be nice to sort of judge um, the rest of the bets this week on what we've seen out on the course. So that that'll be good after tomorrow. Well, let's just run through those bets again. If you missed them, USA to lead after days one, two, and three, 15 to eight. The foursomes, 11 to eight for USA to come out on top of those. And if you fancy Dave's scoreline of three to one, it's seven to two. And the USA to win the Ryder Cup this time, 16 12 is a 12 to one shot. And maybe just take a half a point either side of that just to cover yourselves as well. Dave Tyndall, a pleasure as always. And I will talk to you again after day one. Yeah, cheers, James. Yeah, speak tomorrow. And uh, however you go, however you bet on the Ryder Cup, gamble responsibly, whether you follow Dave or whether you go with your own nose and your own instinct. Um, Enjoy it. Enjoy watching it and join us again ahead of day number two. Bet Bites Golf is a sports betting media production. Our multi-sport Bet Bites podcast is released every Friday. Please gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for all the information. Sports Social Podcast Network.